Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews for Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialists. Yeah, welcome to it. Welcome to uh, another weekly edition of Off the Bench. Scotty Sattler, how are you, mate? I'm very well, Jace. Very well. It's been another crazy week in, in rugby league. Yeah, it is. I mean, all sports as well. I mean, some sports that are having to make some wholesale changes to the way that their, their game looks at the moment. Not on the field, but off the field. Of course, the AFL all being shipped to, to Queensland. The V8s as well. Queensland. Quarantining in Queensland. Queensland and is now officially Australia's home of sport. Victoria. Well, Victoria would hate that, wouldn't well, they? Well, another 400-odd cases of COVID. Yep. Uh, yes, of course they're going to hate it, mate. Yeah. But you know what? It's um, And I think it's a matter of time before possibly rugby league go there. But what we do know is Volandis and Abdo and his, and his decisions that have, have been made prior to you know, the last few days have been the right decisions and we'd like to think they've got plan B in in, in place just in case there is another COVID outbreak yes. in Sydney. Um, gee, the Raiders were tough, weren't they? Tough. And we're going to talk to them about them really, really soon mm. um, with a, a preview of that match. But they just reflect their coach, the way that he played the game. I'll talk about that a little bit more. and It's a little bit like boxing. It's like Styles makes fights. This is exactly the way that I feel as over the last few years that rugby league has started to pan out. They're a reflection of their coach, their personality, or what they were like as a player. I like that, Sats. Mm. If if they were a boxer, the Raiders, who would they be? Um, well, they've copped a lot of knocks. They've lost a heap of players. I'll go through them a little bit later. A lot of injuries. They just keep getting back up. They keep getting back in the face of the, of the opponent. Um they get you to a point where you feel so uncomfortable and crowded that they end up coming out of the top of you and beating you. Joe Fraser. Yeah, wow. He was mate, During fight. a fight, he would cop so many punches from his opponent, yeah. but he was willing to cop all those punches before he'd, he'd knock down the front door. I know uh, this bloke wasn't Joe Fraser's um, coach, but would Ricky be Johnny Lewis, I'm thinking? Australia's greatest boxing coach? No, because no, Johnny Lewis is... Johnny Lewis is, is I'm, I'm saying this with the utmost respect of Ricky because I love Ricky. Here we go. We're digging a hole now. No, but Johnny Lewis doesn't take, he doesn't take the hard stance, the tough love approach. There you go. Ricky does. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky does. He's got a good team there. Uh, very good team. And as you said, we'll talk about that game very shortly. But right now, let's get to Off the Bench News of the Week. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. All right, we, we touched on it in the opening sats. Uh, where will the NRL be based? It looks like it's going to be New South Wales and Queensland. The four Queensland teams will be staying put after some long discussions. Queensland is Melbourne as well, isn't it? Yeah, of yeah. course. Well, yep. they're, they're Queensland's fourth team. Yeah, exactly. Um, after some long discussions on Thursday between Anastasia Palaszczuk and also Peter Volandis, um, the team's going to stay there because there was talk that they're going to be ripped up out of Queensland and moved to Sydney into a bubble. Or vice versa. Well, it's cheaper. It was cheaper to move four teams than it was to move... It was going to have to 12. move the remainder 12 teams yeah. into um, into Queensland. Financially, it would have hemorrhaged at the seams, the NRL, if that was the case. Well, the AFL, they've uprooted everyone and moved Three million a week. Three million dollars a week. It's, it's anywhere upwards around 80 to 100 people per team. And they've sent well, they're all. allowing 100 because they're allowing WAGs and yep. I think some Kids. family. Yeah. yeah, If it's over 100, the club's got to pay for it. 
50, you've got to meet them 50-50. that's yeah. right. Which is still a very good offer from the AFL. I, I just think, you know, we are putting our faith in the hands of the players. A lot of people would say that's that's just ludicrous that we're expecting rugby league players who on a lot of occasions very, very rarely make the right decision in social situations, a small group of players. Mm. But there's this is a little bit different. There's There's so much more at stake. You need to keep reminding players that if you do something wrong, if you decide to take matters into your own hands and put the rest of the competition in jeopardy, your mortgage, your ability to pay for education for your children, your ability to live the life as you know it Mm. will slowly slip away from your fingers. And so to date, everyone is doing the right thing. And this is why leaving Queensland in Queensland and just continuing to do the status quo, which is piloting these private flights in between Queensland and New South Wales may continue to work for the new NRL. You're not only putting your own you know, livelihood at stake, you're putting the entire game's livelihood at stake, every player's livelihood at stake. Yep. And I think, I think after a couple of initial hiccups with you know, TikTok and stuff like that, I, I reckon the players, well, they've been pretty good and they understand how, how important it is. And everyone we talk to during the week says – you know, if that's what they want us to do, that's what we'll do. Everybody's backing the NRL on this, and they're happy to do whatever they tell them to do. Yeah, it's about it's about the senior players as well. Yeah, yeah. continuing to take a real hard line yep. stance against the younger yep. players in the group. Who, you know, as we know, a lot of the millennials these days they think they're bulletproof. They think they're bulletproof on on the rugby league field, which is what we want them to be. Yeah, but then we expect them to be to not be bulletproof off the field and make the right decisions. So, oh, we've all made stupid. decisions. Yeah, but there's a, yeah, they're making more. There's, they, well, the millennials. They, well, they are. They, are they, 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 they do have a. They, they've got a an expectation of, of, they've got an expectation of. Um, I think they're just being kids, mate. They're being young men. I mean, imagine yeah, not if there was social media and, and cameras around phones when you were a young bloke, twenty-one, twenty-two, yeah, or absolutely. me, or whoever. Mm. Mate, we'd be doing the same stuff. Probably we did the things because there was no phones around. Absolutely. There's no and evidence. No cameras, I should say, around. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I, I think they feel entitled a lot these days and they yeah. think they feel as though they've got a reason. Or And a lot of young players who breached some of those protocols last week, very young players, uh, Charlie Staines and young Stefano, um, the big front row from the Parramatta Eels. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're excited, yeah, they're stupid. young, they don't yeah. think about things, whereas this is where the senior players really need to take control of the situation. And we're talking about family and friends in this instance. Mm. We weren't talking about big parties no. or anything. But, the, yeah, you're right. It's that moment of just saying, listen, I've got to think about this. Right and wrong. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, Trent Barrett, he'll be the Bulldogs coach, do you think? Well, we're all anticipating that, aren't we? It's a bit of a poison chalice, isn't mm. it now? I mean, Desi Hasler couldn't survive at the Bulldogs. He felt as though that – and he, he apparently he controls everything of the, the rugby league department. Um, Desi, he did the same at the Canterbury Bulldogs. There are some that that believe the argument that he left them in a really bad shape from a recruitment point of view. Played overs for a lot of players, and um, Raylene Castle also plays a huge role in that as well. The board always play a really heavy part, or they they have since Des has gone. They want to try and control the narrative, which I can see why they want to do that. When there's a lot of uncertainty after Des had left, mm. is Des is. Mm. Dean Pay, the real man for the job. Do we know? We sort of hedging our bets a little bit. We don't quite know. So we're going to take control of the situation. Whoever comes in next has got to be able to somehow politely ask the board to stay out of 
the day-to-day operations of the rugby league department. I don't like the chances. What about the interview process? How many people were in on that Zoom interview with Trent Barrett? You know, I mean, take the, you've got Trent, you've also got his manager. You've got his manager, enough. George Mimas, and then you've but got... Um, all the people from the Bulldogs. You've got Steve Price, the general manager of rugby league, needs to be there. Tick. Andrew Hill is the CEO. Tick. Tick. Uh, and three board members. The chairperson, which is Lynn Anderson, doesn't need to be there. No. And also um, uh, Paul Dunn and Joey Thomas, former greats of... Of the, of the Bulldogs, who are on the football board, don't need to be there. No, no, they don't need to be there. They need to put their faith in the in the people they've employed. And I think this is going to be the problem moving forward. I think there's probably too much. Well, hopefully they'll step back. Hopefully, if they get well, faith they in the, if they well, can't, Sarah, so if they can't from the interview process, then yeah, but it's about slowly over time. If they get the right man, they identify the characteristics that he's got. Then they maybe slowly step back, but it's got to come down to it's got to come down to Andrew Hill and Stephen Price. We're all living on a perception here that this is they've got a heavy involvement in everything that goes on. If that's and I'm saying if that's the case, Stephen Price and Andrew Hill have to have these honest conversations with the board members who have very distinguished careers themselves, yeah. and it's hard to let go. Saying, "Hey guys, I need you to make decisions at board level. Let us run everything else down here." Trent Barrett. Um, has got a. Hopefully, he's learned a lot from his time at Melbourne, and, and from all reports, he believes he has. But Trent Barrett is—he's a little bit like Craig Fitzgibbon. He's that assistant coach that everyone wants to try and entertain as a possible head coach, and do what Craig Fitzgibbon's doing. He's sitting back and just waiting for the right job to appear. Now, I think he's going to be the Roosters' coach in the next two years. I think Trent Robinson will move into a greater role, whether it's a general manager of rugby league. I'm hearing that he's going to go back over to France for a few yeah, years so his kids that. go to school yeah, yeah. over there, which he promised his, got a French, his French wife. wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if that all falls into fruition and, and Fitzgibbon takes over, I think Barrett's in the position where he can sort of make the same decisions because the Canterbury job can also be a job, a little bit like the Gold Coast job has been in the past, that if it doesn't work out, it's really hard to claw back and get another NRL job. I reckon Trent Barrett's the right person for the job, by the way. From the outside looking in, it I, seems as though that way. I don't think it's a good job for Trent Barrett. After hearing about the interview process, if that is true, I, and what's happened up until now, yep. I, I don't I don't think it'll change. And I just the, – the, well, I suppose the one good thing about it is they've got a bit of money to spend next year. $3 million reportedly on they've players. Got, they've got a great leagues club backing them, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's the right environment for Trent Barrett. Hopefully it is. Hopefully he can turn things around with Steve Price and, and get things moving well, forward. Relationships and, fell foul at Manly with a very strong personality in Bob Fulton, who was head of football over there. He's going to be confronted with probably not as strong of character no, as what Bob no, Fulton that's is, right. but equally a lot more heads involved as opposed to being just one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again... It comes with maturity and rugby league intelligence. He's got plenty of rugby league intelligence. Let's hope that if he makes a decision that he, that he, um, you know, it's not all smooth sailing because rugby league never is, but he, he just gets the right people around him that can assist him. On the subject of coaching, uh, the Walker brothers apparently are well and truly in the mix for the Warriors. Yeah, job. Peter Bedell uh, broke this with us, didn't he, um, late in Thursday. the week? Yeah, yeah. Thursday night. Uh, Todd Payton, from all reports, that was going to be the last man standing. And I think he'd be a terrific coach for the Warriors. As you know, I think his approach has been amazing. Uh, I think the way that he's handled the players with that tough love approach has been exactly what the Warriors need. Um, 
But the Walker brothers, from all reports, and Cameron George, their CEO, has confirmed that they have made inquiries with the Walker brothers about their coaching style, which I covered a lot of it in the Intrust Super Cup. They went through and won a national title yep. as well. Ipswich, yep. And uh, with Ipswich Jets. And they do play a, a real it's – a, it's a different style of rugby league. Explain it. Describe that style. A lot of, a lot of ball movement. So you'll see the ball start on the right-hand side of the field and all of a sudden one pass to – it could be a front rower or a second row. He'll just head across field and turn it under – like turn someone back on an angle, back on an angle back towards where they're coming from. They'll turn someone back on another angle. It's just – it's like the Harlem Globetrotters of rugby league. Right, okay. It's constant ball movement. Yep. Kick on first and second tackle. Do the unpredictable mm. because the game has become over the years so predictable – that they found something out of the box that won them a national title. I loved watching them play, the way that the teams they coach. It, I found it frustrating at times. When they get it right, it's really hard to defend. When they get it wrong, they get beaten by 30. Now, the new rules... It sounds like the Warriors now, mate. Well, the, the, the Warriors like playing that Harlem Globetrotter-style rugby league. it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. When but, you try and contain them and get them to say, you need to play high-percentage rugby league, um, the low risk, they don't like that. They can't stay focused for 80 minutes. So you need to have someone who has that right balance. And maybe the Walker brothers can have that right balance where for you know, for 15 or 20 minutes we, we're going to play this really controlled style of rugby league. But as soon as we sound the siren at the 20-minute mark, we're Harlem Globetrotters. We're running angles. We're offloading any chance we can. We're kicking on the second tackle and get our speed men to chase it in the face of your defense the whole time. And all they do, they, they look for one defender to be lazy and the minute that one defender's lazy, they pounce. Their wingers don't stay on the wing. They actually roam around the middle of the field. It's it's very unique. And like I said, at times it can be frustrating, but at times it's very exciting as well. Is it realistic that we could have uh, two coaches for the one team? And, and do the Walker brothers do anything uh, apart? Like, <laughs> From rugby league? Yeah. No, no what right. I'm saying is that they always do everything together. Is is what they do? They have got separate businesses outside of their. Yeah, uh, one's got. Ex- hasn't Chris got an excavation? Well, business? Chris, it's Shane and Ben are the coaches, oh, sorry, not, not Chris. Chris. Yeah, Shane and Ben. But yeah. um, Shane has got a very successful recruitment company. It's called right. First Grade Recruitment. Okay, yeah. And then Benny Walker is a very successful real estate agent. There you go. In the western parts of Brisbane, so you know they've got really good business acumen as well. They know how to manage people. They're tremendous guys, and. Uh, it could be a good fit. Oh, I hate to see Todd Payton lose the role. I you hate think to... he's the front runner? No, no, I, I don't think. I think they purely see him as an interim. Wow. So maybe does he become the assistant to the incoming? Or he do, wouldn't do that. Or do the Walker brothers become the assistants to the, to the incumbent? How many wins this year does Todd Payton need to convince the board he's the right coach? So what have we got? We've got 10 games remaining. And they've won three or four. They've won three, I think. Yeah. Um, I think if they can win half of the next... If they can win five of the next so ten eight games, wins for the year. Got to remember that it's a twenty-team competition. We've yeah, got to keep yeah. reminding each other that twenty-round competition. If they can yeah. win the next five games, I think he's done a good job. So eight wins that yeah. could be a pass mark. Yeah. Right. It's that time for an off the bench Friday night preview. Uh, looking forward to this game. Oh, I am too. Actually, yeah. I oh, look. Oh, oh. At the beginning of the year, I said I like the West Tigers. They're they're just clinging to eighth spot at the moment. They've mm. completely changed the spine. We'll get into all that. But I'm watching the Broncos. 
I thought they were still ordinary last week. They're horrible. They were, it was a horrible game. It was probably one of the worst. It was as it was as bad as that Swans Richmond game I went to. This you is, know, when you lose six in a row, <laughs> you don't care how you win. Well, winning ugly is not a bad thing, yeah. is it? But, but I, I, I tell you what, I reckon the West Tigers, if this new spine clicks, which will be a challenge, I reckon they'll kill them. I reckon they'll absolutely kill them tonight. Broncos decimated by injuries. There's no doubt about it. But oh, I don't know, mate. I just think. They're lacking that Broncos factor. You know that Broncos have a factor where, you know... Well, they had great. an aura about them. They, they, that's the word, aura. Yeah. Still, funnily enough, they've actually still got a bit of an aura about them. When you look at some of their players... Really? I don't think so. I look at the Broncos players and it's a matter of... And I, this may only be me. It's Avita Pengai Jr. and, and Payne Haas. Isaac Luke is a very good player. You know, the much maligned Anthony Milford... Um, Darius Boyd, who we all know is... Oh, come on. No, no, no. but I'm talking about the name itself, okay? But, the, but it's... The name doesn't get you any... I get it. But what I'm trying to say is you're expecting them. You're expecting them to to fire on all cylinders one game where they just blow someone off the park. It's not going to happen, mate. But we keep waiting for it. Yeah, we've been waiting for Anthony Milford since the 2015 grand final to explode out of the blocks. He looked better last week, but it was a bad... The Bulldogs were terrible. Mate, you're not going to get it from Darius Boyd. Come no, you're on. not. But you're what not. I'm saying is but you see the name on the on the, on the the team list and you sort of go, you know, they, they haven't got a bad forward pack here. And then you say, well, they've got Milford. But we know that their performances aren't weighing up to what we're, expect, we're expecting. The forward pack, I agree. Absolutely. If I'm lining up against Darius Boyd, I'm going cha-ching, mm. cha-ching. Well, and Milford as well, mate. Uh, that... Well, he stinks at the moment. They, he does. Yeah. What yeah. about Brodie Croft? If yeah. you line up against Brodie Croft, you'd be going. And and I reckon it's a really good guy. I reckon Madge has done a good job in in you know putting Benji in at half and Young Walters at five eight because he's actually not up against a good halves combo. Yeah. And if it's going to give him an opportunity to click, this is the match. Mm. Oh yeah. The inconsistency of the West Tigers again is something that's just giving. Michael Maguire and their fans, nightmares. They, they're really good for about 55 or 60 minutes, yeah. but trying to get through that barrier, that, that really it's – a, it's a part of the game when you get to like the 60, 65th minute and you say, oh, hang on a second, I've got to find something different here. I've, we've got to go to another level. And they, they're finding it difficult just to go to that next level of intensity, the change in gear. The Roosters do it so well. We saw them do it against Parramatta when they lost Tedesco. They just shifted to another gear. Um, they didn't do it against the Raiders. And we'll talk about that game a little bit later on. But in saying that, um, I think that the West Tigers have been playing a tougher brand of rugby league than the Brisbane Broncos. And if they continue that, I think they beat the Brisbane Broncos just purely based on that. Mm. Because they've got the players to finish, like David Nofaluma and Benji Marshall can create. Um, on the sub, Benji back mm. starting tonight at, at seven. Uh, Luke Brooks on the bench. Is this to kick up the pants Brooks yeah, needs? It would, you know what? It's Michael Maguire has gone in there and said, we've got to have a really good defensive attitude. He's never made any uh, any secret of that. When they beat Melbourne at the start of last year, I think they beat them, what, it was 9-8 or something like that. Mm. It was just on the back of, back of gritty defense. And he's making no secrets about that's the way he wants. And he's been consistent because he dropped Benji because of his defense. Mm. He dropped Luke Brooks because of his defense. Well, he and, missed nine tackles well, last Any week, player will tell you, if you get your defence yeah. right, the rest of your game follows. If your defence is bad, the rest of your game will just melt. And that's what's happening with apart, Luke Brooks at the moment. Who do you think will win? I think the West Tigers win. I don't think it'll be by much. I think it'll be like a 
yeah, sixteen, fourteen, or really? I think it'll be a gritty, scrappy sort of just roll your sleeves up, get in the trenches sort of game, and that's what Maguire likes to do. Now, can this young Ford pack have they got the ability to do that as well? I think the Broncos will score first, mm-hmm. and that'll be it. I think I think um, I, I reckon the West Tigers will win by about twenty points. Wow, I think and, and on that. Leichhardt, mate, Leichhardt Oval as well. Yeah, you know, it's, it can be an intimidating place, Leichhardt, if you've never played there. And there'll be a lot of Broncos players that have never played at Leichhardt. All righty, this is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts. Buy three, get one free, and up to $100 cash back on selected brands. Best tyre price guarantee. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts. Tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts. Tyre and wheel specialists. Yeah, welcome back to it. Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here on Off the Bench. And, of course, uh, Thursday nights, uh, we had a ripper of a game. On Off the Bench, a Thursday night NRL review. It was a ripper of a game. Great. The Raiders 24 beat the Roosters 20. Surprised a lot of people, Sats. It did. um, You and I and also our great colleague, Gary Belcher, who actually, I need to say this publicly, tipped the Roosters... Disgusting. But he's now playing the whole reverse psychology situation, so you know, I don't get disappointed. And um, It was a great game. It was a tremendous game. Now, for Roosters fans, I get it. You wouldn't think it's a great game because making really uncharacteristic errors, the frustration and the lack of um, attention to detail from the Roosters must be frustrating Trent Robinson because they're coming up with errors that we don't usually see. With the, with the Raiders, although, they're – they're just so tenacious, their attitude. They resemble their coach as a player, Ricky Stewart. They they play with a lot of emotion. Ricky's like that now as a person, as a coach, as a player. He was tenacious as a player. He was in your face the whole time. He was tough as well, but he also had a lot of finesse about him. That's exactly what the Raiders are doing. They're, they're a, they resemble their coach's personality off the field and the way that he played the game. Mm. And um, you can see it in their game because you look at you look at the amount of injuries they had. They had Hodgson out for the year, Simonson gone for the year, Emre Gula gone for a long period of time, Sia Soliola out for a fa- facial fracture, could be out for the rest of the season, John Bateman out. I mean, that's, that's a, a lot of marquee yeah. players. Yep. And you, you throw out some players that are not ready for first grade, a debutante against against the um, Valamay, against the, the Premiers And as out well. of form, Curtis... Curtis Scott as well. Curtis Scott. Well, he ended up didn't even get on the field. No. Yeah, so you're leaving these really good players out um, and filling these positions with, with guys that have only played a handful of first-grade games and to be able to go toe-to-toe with the Premiers, uh, simply amazing. Now, um, the big moment of the match was the Bendix breaks big moment. The captain's challenge from Jordan Rapiner. Crossfield kick, Luke Keary. He goes up, catches it, penalty to the Roosters because – the chasing player had been taken out. Jordan Rappin is so animated, he just yells at his captain, Jared Croker, and says, challenge it, challenge it. He challenges it. It's successful. They play the ball. They walk up the other end of the field about three or four minutes later, they score a try. And um, the most outstanding performers, uh, Josh Papali, Unbelievable. I think it was like 17 hit-ups, over 200 metres at one try. Copped an elbow on the snoz. 38 tackles, no misses. An amazing performance. Went to, he was, you know, we spoke about how the the Broncos and the West Tigers are finding it difficult to go to that next level. Papali is the real 
he's the gauge of, of their energy. When he decides to go to the next level, he expects everyone to come with him. That's what happened with Papali. It was interesting. When he copped that elbow on the nose from Crichton, he... Um, it's like a, a flick to switch. A, yeah, exactly. And uh, look, it should actually be a penalty to Canberra, not, not, not the Roosters. The Roosters go two ahead, and you're right. It flicked a switch. Five minutes later, he's scoring a try adjacent to the post. Yeah, both he and uh, Dunamis Louie, unbelievable. They Jack White and again, yeah. just His amazing. kicking game was very good last yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, that left foot kicking game. But, you know, this, that's the first time they've played at the SCG since the 87 grand final. Absolutely. The Raiders. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to go to foreign territory which is a ground that's really difficult to gauge where your sidelines are because it's an AFL and cricket field. Um, they've, they did an amazing job, an amazing job. And Ricky said early on the week, he said, we're not going to finesse this win. We've just got to get down and get gritty. And that's exactly what they did. They dragged the Roosters into a bun fight and the Roosters unfortunately weren't able to go with them. Roosters had a another seven-day break, so they've had two Thursday night games previously. Um even the Raiders come off a five-day break. And at one stage, we're looking as though they had to bus it up to Sydney. Yeah. They end up flying them up on the day of, make their preparation a little bit easier. Yeah, sometimes a really short turnaround is really good. You, you just you get on with things. Yep. Sometimes a seven-day turnaround is too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 and people would sit there and go, that doesn't sound sound right because you, you get to rehab. and also, But you just want it, you want the game. By day five, you want to be playing again. Absolutely. Uh, the Roosters, Robbo, came out today and said, we've been a bit soft up the middle. Yep. Uh, for the f- last few weeks, we've got to work on that. Mm. I like that. He already knows what one of the issues are. Well, defensively, their first up contact is not as, as brutal as what it normally is. Usually they hunt in packs. And they did that in the first probably 10 minutes. They hunt, hunted as a pack. Three people in a tackle driving the, the Raiders uh, at every chance they could get. But they loosened up and then... Some of their players who are, aren't as experienced but have been really good contributors this year coming out with uncharacteristic errors, like trying to force passes in real high-risk plays. That's not the way that the Roosters play. George Williams running over the top of James Tedesco. I thought that was really unusual. Well, the way that he got through was unusual. It wasn't like he, it? The outside defence come up really hard, and the, the middle guys, I think it was Tupanua and Mitch Orbison, they were just left on their heels and he took advantage of it yeah, and then just wrong-footed James Tedesco. Tedesco was really well handled as well. He was. Yeah, so great effort by the Raiders and when we start thinking they're not a top four side, they go and throw something like that up. Yeah. Mm. So I guess the thing out of this, our, our colleague uh, Gary Belcher just needs to tip against the Raiders exactly, yeah. each week. Yep. Um, this is Off the Bench. Thanks to our mates at Bob Jane T-Marts. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialists. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here, and it's time to get a Racing Queensland update with the man who's doing it every week for us, Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland. And don't forget to race at your place, racingqueensland.com.au. Chris, uh, racing at Ipswich this weekend. Yeah, Jason Sats, how are you guys? We're racing good, at mate. Ipswich this weekend. We would normally, we would normally have uh, the Ipswich Cup wouldn't be held this weekend, but we normally have the meeting every uh, carnival. Of course, there's no Ipswich Cup this year, but there's the Eyeliner Stakes and the Gay Waterhouse Classic. So there's still plenty to get our teeth stuck into, and we can find some winners, I hope. 
And celebrating one of the legends also this weekend of, of Queensland Racing, uh, Daniel Griffin is being celebrated. Uh, is it retirement at the Gold Coast Turf Club this year, this week, Chris? Yeah, injuries have uh, unfortunately um, uh, caught up with Daniel Griffin, but gee, he's been a, he's been a great rider over time. He's won the, um, the Gold Coast Premiership numerous occasions. I think it might be near enough double figures at the check my records there. But I think he, it's 10, he won 10 it again times. He it up uh, last week. Mm. Yeah, I think it is 10, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's no mean feat. He's been outstanding up uh, down the Gold Coast. And, yeah, he deserves um, whatever he's got. And I believe when he retires, he's going to take up a, a lawn mowing business, guys. So if you need your lawns done, you know who to contact. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> All right, mate. And, uh, look, you gave us a third last week with River Racer. Uh, can you get us up a couple of notches this week with a tip? Well, I'll try. We'll go to the eyeliner. Race 7, number 5 at Ipswich. Panino. Keep tipping her. I'm going to stick with her. But interestingly, River Racer's going around again. So I uh, hope, hope she doesn't do the dirty on me, River Racer. But I will stick with Panino. Race 7, number 5, guys. All right. All righty, mate. With the help of Sky Racing and Tab Race at your place, visit racingqueensland.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Chris Nelson, have a great weekend, mate. You too. Who gets a mention in our Off the Bench Performance of the Week? All righty. Sats, who have you got for us, mate? I've got Todd Payton. Uh, many might be saying why. They lost last week. But... I feel as though for a long time now we, we try and tiptoe around the Warriors players. We don't want to, whether it's COVID or not COVID, even when they're just back in the full swing of the competition, we try and tiptoe around the, the Warriors and say, you know, you've, they need tender love and care and you've got to, you've, mm. you, you've just got to keep them in cotton wool and that's when they're going to play their best footy. I don't think that's true at all. You need to find a really good balance and Todd Payton, I think, is finding that balance. When they lose... He tells you why they're lose. He tells you why they're being soft mentally. They're being soft physically. I like the hard-lined, in-your-face approach that he's taking. Yep. And I think it's what the Warriors need as a club moving forward if they're going to re- recruit players that have the same mindset. So, yeah, I like the way Toddy Payton's going about his business. Yeah, a bit, what of, about you? Uh, a bit of tough love, eh? Mate, mine's away from NRL this yeah. week. And I'm going to uh, give mine to John Longmire from the uh, Swans, the Swans coach, who... Wasn't going to put up with Damien Hardwick's crack at him yep. the other day after blaming the Swans and John's coaching for a poor game mm. at the Gabba last week. And it was. It was one of the poorest games of AFL I've seen. I was there. I tell you what, the, every other game, their game's got a lot of other friends with it as well. There's been plenty of oh, stinkers in the AFL even last since coming night, back. Uh, even for a Thursday night. It Collingwood. Was, yeah, yeah, Geelong. Geelong. But, but mate, the, the thing was that one coach doesn't control the entire game. Mm. You know, you can move your men. You know, it's like a game of chess. You, you, someone moves a piece, you move a piece. So Damien Hardwick, and I, 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 he's, he's comments, and he broke that coach's code, you know, where you don't bag each yep. other. John Longmire caught him out on it, and mm. I thought he gets uh, my performance. Big horse, good stuff. All right, time to get to our interview of the week. Harry Grant from the West Tigers joined us. I was fortunate enough in my last year. I played at the West Tigers, and Benji was 18 years of age. I used to sit back and marvel at him as this kid just got out of school, the things that he could do that I'm yet to see a lot of other people do still to this day. Now now that he's 46 and you're seeing him at the end of his career, how's, he, how's his old body holding up? Mate, he's a freak. No, he's, um, he does it day in, day out at training. He's, he's, um, he's silky ball skills, and he's still got the, the hot feet and the flick passes that he just throws for the sake of throwing them. But um, they always find the mark. I don't know how. But 
Um, yeah, I think the way he's training and the way he's playing, he could he could play another ten years. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think that decision's up to him at, at the end of the day. But yeah, from from me looking at him, I, I think he's got another couple of years in him. What What does the future hold for you? Have you got any idea exactly what's how it's going to play out? Yeah, what, whatever happens next year happens. You know, that was always a part of the agreement. We knew both clubs coming up here that it, it was for a year, and um, and and all the boys have been pretty, pretty good in that sense that they've just welcomed me in and, and taken me in. But um, footy's footy, mate. Yeah, playing footy yeah. is pretty pretty special. Everyone's everyone's got the same goal, which is a premiership at long term, and everyone wants to compete and win each week. So it's a pretty special yeah. environment to come and do. But I guess the grey area is if Cam Smith retires, you go back. That's that's set in stone, we believe. But but if he doesn't, is there a chance he won't go back to Melbourne, is what I'm saying? Cam Smith, he doesn't retire. He, he's got another 10 years in him, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll retire before he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so is there a part of you that, is there a part of you that thinks knowing Cam the way you do and the way that he looks after himself, Harry, and the way that he never misses games, is there a part of you that's thinking he may play next year? I mean, you don't know any different, but knowing him the way you do, is is there a feeling that he may play? Um, yeah, I reckon he could play for the same as Benji. Look at like he's he's still in top shape and um, he's he's better than ever. He's getting better each week and each year he just gets better. So um, you know, the games are better in a better position when Cam's playing and. Um, I enjoy watching him play, and mm. um, yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I think he's yeah. He could play another few years if he wanted to. The way the way his body is, he's pretty he's pretty lucky in that regard. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's up to Cam and him himself and his family. So yeah, I, I haven't uh, talked to him too much about it. Now I'm saying this respectfully, so I don't think I'm having a go at him because I love him as a player. I love watching him. I'm sure that you watched him from a distance, and now that you're one of his teammates. Can you now understand why Josh Reynolds' nickname is Grub? <laughs> right, he's one of the best blokes. He's, he's uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he is a grub. He is a grub. But um, no, nah, he's Josh. He's a, he's a real good bloke. He's um, on the on the footy field. He's a he's a different person. He's just that competitive. He, he goes out there and he sort of just does whatever it takes to win. And um, I think he. <laughs> He actually called me a bin chicken the other day, saying I, I just and bin I bin chicken. Everything. Yeah, that's what he, that's what but I think I think that's more him. He just scraps for everything. He goes out there and he just he just wants to win. So, um, but in saying that, he's a cracking bloke and he's a cracking teammate. So mm. he might have been a compliment, mate. He was passing on. Hey, um, uh, hope yeah, you well this yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. How, sorry, how yeah, mate. Hope you go well this weekend. Um, Hopefully that combination with your halves goes well because the Queensland coach will be watching very closely. His uh, his son in the number six and you in the number nine for the uh, West Tigers, oh, mate. Oh yeah, be nice to him. Be and, nice uh, to Billy on the field when he calls. He, it, he tells give everyone. <laughs> he tells everyone that he, his dad is Kevin Walters. Uh, That's all the boys know every day. You just you just call him Kevy's son, is it? <laughs> yeah, we just call him Kevy Kevy's son. Yeah. <laughs> This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists. 
Yeah, welcome back to it. Uh, Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Radio. let's get into our round 10 tips. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our off-the-bench footy tips. All right, for the rest of round 10, Dragons versus Bulldogs at Wynn Stadium. <sighs> Steve Georgialis, first coach, interim coaching role for the Bulldogs uh, after Dean Pace stepped aside. I'm going the Dragons because I really loved what they threw up last week against Manly. I, their attack was just really entertaining to watch. And they're kind of back to full strength now, aren't they? Well, they are, without Jack DeBellum, but outside of that, they've got... Um, Matty Duft did the fullback. He was just he, he knows his identity. Our boy, the Duft. And yeah, we love him, don't we? we? Love him, He's man. one of our favourites. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like what they did last week. I think they'll be able to score too many points. I reckon this is match of the rounds. Um, Rabbitohs versus Knights. Me too. Hidden at five thirty on Saturday night. Mm. Well, that's a strange time for this game. Yeah, well, they, obviously they schedule reschedule all the games at the start of a season now. In years gone by, they used to do it in like five or eight week blocks, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Knights. I like what they're doing up there in Newcastle. They'll win. They'll win three or four, and then they might lose a couple. It's all part of the learning process. But I think come finals time, they're going to be so difficult to beat. They're without Jacob Saifidi, but Daniel Saifidi goes. No, Daniel's out. Jacob goes in. Yes. Um, and I think at the moment, I like what they're doing more so than the Rabbits. I think the Rabbits are still only running at about sort of 75% capacity. Still, mate, I watch the Rabbitohs week in, week out like you, and mm. there's there's something missing. They're and missing an, enfor- uh, an enforcer, not a tough guy. They're missing Sam Burgess. Well, that style of player who's very dynamic and athletic, can play everywhere, he's a big body, he's fast, he's got footwork, he can offload, he can pass. He, and he's a bit of a, you know, he's he's got that, I suppose that... Uh, the gladiatorial type sort of protector of the side. You know who they're really missing? John Sutton. Yeah, it's just that it's just that extra bit of skill on the edge. And that extra mm. person to look at. Mm. You know, it's like what's he gonna do? Yeah, I think the Knights will win that. That kills me to say that. Sea Eagles versus Eels. Yeah, um, I'm gonna take the Eels. Even if Tommy Trebojevic was playing and Dylan Walker was playing, I'd still take the Eels. Eels I, I like what him. they're doing. Eels would kill him. I mean Sea Eagles will be up for this game at Brookie. Yeah, they right. they won't allow what happened last week to happen again. No. The Silver Tails versus yep. the Firebros. Warriors versus Sharks. I'm taking the Warriors here because yeah, me too. yeah, I am because there's a group of players that are thinking about heading home after round eleven. They are going home. They thinking, are going thinking going. about okay. Yep. So they've got to get as many wins in the bank as they can. Yeah. Those players and two of them are real key players, or three of them are real key players: Ignatius Parsi, Mamalo, and also Fusatua. They want to leave on a really good note, and I think the Warriors will beat the Sharkies. Mate, they were going to go home next week. Yeah, they couldn't get a flight, so they thought we might as well just stick around for that game. Anyway. Oh, we might as well play one more game well, with you guys, and oh. hopefully they can't get any more flights and they'll stick around as well. I know. Don't, don't get don't me started. Start. Panthers versus Cowboys. Panthers. Panthers by fifty. Too oh, good. This is going to be a, a, a big win for the Panthers. Yep. Before we go on off the bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? What are you looking forward to, Sats? Well, Jace, I was talking to you off air, and for any person out there that's got a partner that doesn't follow sport, male, female, whatever, whatever it may be, <laughs> don't allow your partner to get KO. It's brilliant, isn't it? I just got it last night. I've been telling you to get it. You have been, and so I finally caved in, hooked it up all late last night. Yeah. 
and just can't watch enough NFL. It's just, it's, it's so infectious. Absolutely brilliant. Mate, I, you know what I'm looking forward to? What are you to? looking, I'm looking to? forward to? I'm looking forward to South Newcastle. I, I, I want to see if South, I, I don't hold any hope from yep. winning, but I want to see put in a good performance. And I'm looking forward to watching the Memorial Classic PGA. Which you oh, you've been watch watching. You've, been watch, you've watched all last Tiger, five, haven't you? Yeah, and Tiger, Tiger was playing today. He's in the mix as well. Where's he ranked now in the world? Is he sort he's of number fifth one. or seventh? No, no. Is he one? Oh, no, he's up there. Okay. Yeah, because he had a couple of wins, remember? But mm. yeah, no, that's on this weekend as well, the Memorial Classic, the, on the on the uh, course that Jack built. The Golden Bear. Yes. All right, boys. Well, it's you and I. There's no one else here, is there? Um, oh, there are people here, but they're not involved in the show. <laughs> no, no, they're not. No, where's my coffee? Uh, <laughs> this has been Off the Bench. Thanks to our great mates at Bob Jane Team Arts. Tyra, Will Specialist. We'll catch you next See ya. Time.